There's $200 million in the vault beneath the strip. With a 32-hour window to get it out. Find the safe. This should be a simple in and out. Garbage in, garbage out. Hey everyone, welcome to Garbage In, Garbage Out. I'm your host, Kelton, and as always, I'm joined by my amazing co-host, Grift. How's it going, buddy? It's good. Uh, my uh, Little League baseball team that I help coach uh, won a tournament this weekend. Um, they just absolutely steamrolled the competition, and it's and it's kind of ironic because the name that the, um, that the kids chose for the team is the Siberian Tigers, uh, which was well represented in this film. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, go zombie tigers. Tigers that I think uh, you know is the the thing because even if they lose, you should show them this movie and show. See, we can come back no matter what. It doesn't matter. We we got this on lock. So g- glad to hear that your weekend went well. Uh, we're also joined this week by Michelle and Tom from Apocalypse in Review. How's it going, y'all? Hey, hey, everybody. We're doing well. Good, good. I'm I'm glad to hear it. I know we were talking a little bit off mic just about the goings on and the nature of mortality and <laughs> other deep and insightful things. So sure, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited to talk about this movie with you. Uh, but before we dive in too, too much, I guess, um, uh, what what's your history with Zack Snyder? What, are you a fan of him and his genre and that sort of stuff? Uh, I, I was kind of lukewarm on Zack Snyder for a long time now. I mean, not that this movie is on the same, you know, I know it's both zombies, but like, I do like his, um, Dawn of the Dead remake. Sure. Um, sure. I did like that a lot. I watched the, uh, the whole Snyder cut because I, I don't know. I felt I had to, for some reason. It's okay. We all have that same sickness of, you know, being white guys. So yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I, I just needed to know, like if if it was gonna do anything for me and i don't know (laughs) i'm not sure like i i think i was like thinking about it and i'm like every Zack snyder movie is like pretty much fine that's not true 300 and watchmen yeah okay yeah those are all right they're pretty much fine but my thing is with Zack snyder is it feels like somebody asked you to watch them masturbate <laughs> like all of his movies feel like they're like uh i mean i guess but i'm not gonna have that much of a good time and oh so it's consensual at least it's not like louis <laughs> yeah, ck yeah. shutting the door and then standing in front <laughs> no, of it no it's, no, no. he's uh, not he's not you know doing the full ficus jerk but he's doing like um you know he's, he's definitely asking me to and i am willing to do it obviously i watched four hours of him jerking off at me <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think if you made it through all four hours of that, that's that's just a testament to personal willpower. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I felt like. I, I, at least with, with this movie, or uh, when I think about the Dawn of the Dead, um, something that I feel like uh, everyone knows, but it kind of gets uh, lost in the shuffle a little bit, is that that movie was written by James Gunn. And so I yeah. think that that is a, a big X factor when talking about why that Dawn of the Dead is so good. It's Snyder aesthetics yes. with a James Gunn script to it. So he's kind of being forced to be reined in. A bit. Yeah. What's funny is like, I'm not a movie nerd. 
at all. So the I'm like very basic, basic. Like I know surface level. Yes, <laughs> uh, very vapid. Like I only know Steven <laughs> Spielberg, right? Mm. Like I'm that type of person where it's okay. like I only know like the really big names and. Even Zack Snyder, like, I didn't even know his name until, like, over, a little over a year ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, That's for real. Fine. Yeah. And and then I was looking him up, and then um, I was like, oh, we did watch Dawn of the Dead, and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but again, like, judging just between that and then watching what we just watched, um, which he wrote, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes. And it was, yes. like, a full, like, husband-wife duo. Like, it was basically just, it seemed as if... It was like their love child, and I'm not sure if it was something that there there I is a lot. I guess we can get into it a little more. Sure, yeah, later sure. we can I mean, get into it a little more later. But like the brain trust of this movie, what you were alluding to is it's all Zack Snyder. Like one of the main yeah. criticisms I have with modern movie making is that it feels like it's made in a lab. Like you have some producers from some bad movies gather a director from for some underperforming movie to go ahead and make a movie with something that has like six different writers because it's been in development hell for you know the past mm. decade or whatever. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, just just it's just some like hybrid monster of these neoliberal sickos. Uh each each <laughs> contributing their their own piece of like uh just just bug man viewpoint to it. <laughs> but which is which is different from from these sort of you know where it's you can tell it's just Zack Snyder having more him him and his small team having more control but like I kind of wanted to go back to what you were saying about like oh I'm not a, a movie nerd I think for analyzing these pop culture products that like I, I try to bring this to like a little bit more of like a normie perspective can actually be a really yeah. real asset to like analyzing these pieces of like media that are supposed to have broad appeal and then they can be um appreciated on the level of what they're going for which is like trying to make something that is a mass appeal pop culture product that appeals to everybody Mm. and when they do Mm -hmm. when they do get cultural purchase and, and pop off and really get into the zeitgeist like understanding why that happens is a core like component of of of, of 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 looking at these like just massive pieces of media. That's I think a, an apt way of putting it. Um, yeah. Uh, before I I feel like kind of for anyone who hasn't watched the movie, uh, I don't know why people listen to podcasts about movies when they haven't seen them <laughs> at all. But you know, uh, like some people do. Uh, the basic just can't premise, get enough of you. Uh, hey. <laughs> You know what? Such big fans. I'll take it. I'll take it. But um, (laughs) for people who are wondering what the basic premise of this is, uh, after a zombie outbreak happens in Las Vegas, a group of mercenary thieves headed up by Dave Batista attempt to break into the Las Vegas quarantine zone and unlock a casino's vault and steal millions of dollars of cash. And then hijinks ensue. People die. Shit goes sideways. That's kind of the the, yeah. the basic idea of what this movie is. But in terms of what the movie was trying to achieve with it, I think that specifically the studio behind it, Netflix, was taking a big swing into showing like we can make blockbuster movies. Mm. Like we can we yeah. can hang with the big boys once again. And this is kind of their seasonal swing because did y'all ever watch that power movie with uh jamie fox no i never saw that one actually oh okay well the basic premise of that is uh a drug hits the streets and 
the drug comes in the form of pills. The pills not only will get you high, they'll oh, unlock yeah. certain animal abilities inside you. Yeah, we did and watch so, it, Tom. Did we? Yeah, that does sound familiar now. I just, it, it's, it's, I it's guess I just wiped it from my memory. Thing. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it clearly <laughs> slid right through your brain. <laughs> which, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what Netflix wants, though. Yeah. It's like you watched it, you got the view count, it dinged, and then maybe you'll rewatch it because you forgot that you watched it the first yeah, time. Yeah, you forgot it. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, trying to like scoop water with a rake some of these movies you know like (laughs) i will say though that like with netflix um you know they've all like for the past several years they have been trying to show everyone that they can produce a blockbuster so there's definitely that but um from us like from people that i know who write screenwriting or screenwriters and stuff it shows them the optimism of the fact that yes (laughs) Anything can be made these days because we have Netflix. That is where I I think because it's kind of like when uh, when Obama was uh, you know first elected and they were like, oh man, anybody can be president. It's great, blah blah blah. And then Trump was elected and they were like, oh shit, anybody can be president. (laughs) But yeah, no, but that's that's what Netflix has been doing. The great thing for screenwriters is now they have a fighting chance, right? Like Netflix is known for being more open minded. You know, they're willing to do anything and everything. I got to do a little bit of pushback just on that statement, mostly because of a recent Netflix scandal where they asked uh, 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 LGBT and uh, people of color to submit Mm -hmm. script ideas. But as part of the application process, you uh, forfeited over the rights, essentially, to said project. What? So if Netflix decided to move on. Uh, and advance something Shit, or kind of like combine various aspects together, then probably have some old white guy showed runner uh, do it. But then well, you couldn't of sue them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. I never said it was fair. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying they were listening to reading. They were reading everybody. Uh, it's it's not want. like in Hollywood yeah. where like where everything goes into a dead man's pile. And if you're lucky and if you have enough connections, somebody's willing to read it. Mm, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, uh, uh, but Netflix is still a corporation, and they suck, just, <laughs> just like everyone else. Yeah, uh, stealing uh, intellectual property and creative control from um, POC creators—that's woke now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's how you fight to claw your way up to the mountain, so that you someday can exploit other people. That's what yeah, you want. It's all in the ground. But inclusive. it's like so not surprising though, right? Like it's like this is a corporation's way of trying to be woke and trying to be open to POCs. They're like, look, we're cool now. We like LGBTQAZ. Like, come on over, guys. Like that's their version. It's just like, oh God. Uh, throw, throw that Z oh. in there. Given some of the uh, discourse going on, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, that Z represents presented a Zionist. Oh, God. Jesus. (laughs) So I guess I am on brand with that one. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing, but apparently I hit the nail. But it's like, not to go off too off subject, but like it's the same thing as with Applebee's. You know how everybody's not going back to these shit jobs? Um, And so Applebee's apparently was like, hey, guys, if you sign on with us, you get a free appetizer. <laughs> like, like that was the reason why people we people yeah. weren't going back to work. Like, yeah. gee golly, I'm gonna get a seven dollar appetizer. <laughs> sure. This will definitely make up for the two thirteen an hour that they're gonna. Yeah. Right. Them, so. At least offer them like the two for twenty special or something. One free app. Yeah. Come on, right? That's pathetic. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, Fridays has unlimited apps for like 20 bucks. So like <laughs> <laughs> the ball is squarely in the Applebee's court. Uh, I, I love it. I love it. Um, so, uh, I guess to kind of circle back into the movie, I, as much as yeah. I enjoy yeah. the, yes. the, the casual dining yeah. experience of discussing <laughs> it, um, uh, the, the concept behind this movie, which for anyone who, who might not know, it also should be kind of obvious. This is a movie that, uh, Zack Snyder pitched in like 2005 and then studios were like, ah, I'm not so sure there, buddy. Cause like at the time it had a lot of real, uh, edgelord elements to it like uh oh really in it like the zombies raped people in the original script and so the you had rape babies running all around and uh yeah it it was like some real wild stuff and he wrote it yeah yeah of course he wrote it oh that's nice you could see some of those elements that made their way into the finished product here not not in in that absurd form that they originally had in the script but yeah there were there were a lot of rapey elements in this thing for sure oh well, for you know, sure like when, when your kid commits suicide i think it kind of makes you want to tone down some of like the edgelordness of your work just a little bit so yeah um that that's my going theory is that not in addition to being older he has some more life experience and so um as as much as he is kind of a dude bro he's gaining empathy just because he's living more life and so yeah. i think he's thinking like oh well that's probably not like the best thing to include <laughs> in my movie so it's fine um but but uh, uh, talking about the movie itself like i really enjoyed how it delivered on the actual premise that uh, the it uh, sold us because I mean the idea of a contained zombie outbreak where like 99% of the other major cities have it all handled but like Las Vegas yeah. wasn't able to for whatever reason mm-hmm. like you know that that's great and I, I enjoyed that I didn't think that it probably needed to be 148 minutes you and me both yeah. <laughs> it, just... it, 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 it turned into a bit of a slog like you could have easily cut at least 45 minutes from this thing and it would have been Definitely. a more, more streamlined pack well and i think especially in horror it's almost the same in comedy too in that if you have a longer horror movie that means that the audience is in the world that much longer and the audience is asking questions that much longer yeah and that's when stuff Mm kind of starts to like break down and fall apart you know like what why for example when the chopper was having difficulties and it didn't look like the chopper would be available like are you telling me that the city of las vegas the metro area doesn't have one available fallout shelter for people to try and get to like yeah what what what's exactly happening there and then also that uh, I'm not sure dressing like you're some black ops mercenary operators uh, waging war in Iraq is probably the best outfit for when you're uh, actually dealing with zombies. Like, yeah, I've always said the the outfit you should put on is probably like uh, like those motorcycle jackets with like yeah. the skid things in yeah, them. It's or Kevlar. Whatever. Yeah, the the Kevlar yeah. lined shirts and pants and yeah, y- you have basic right. Uh, cop gear padding outside of that and then you're good yeah, to it go. doesn't really make a lot of sense um i mean don't get me wrong like i like the idea like of it being in vegas of all cities you could pick because who doesn't like seeing zombies in funny costumes yeah like yeah. <laughs> and we get a lot of that at least you get the bride zombie you get like the 
uh, cocktail waitress zombie, you know, Elvis those, zombie, yeah. Liberace Elvis zombie. zombie. <laughs> yeah, all the all the fun ones. It's it kind of is one of those things where in my mind, as I was watching that, I was like, I get why they placed it in Vegas because it's fun like that, uh-huh. right? But also, Vegas would be the last place they would ever be able to contain a zombie <laughs> apocalypse, okay? Yeah. Let's just be realistic. This is also like Hollywood Vegas, because <laughs> it's all the metro area and then desert immediately. Yes. Yeah. Like, there's yes. no yeah. suburbs in, in no, this world. No, no. It was kind of silly to see. Yeah, that is pretty wild. Yeah, nobody lives there. <laughs> it's also specifically like the Sunset Strip, basically, I think. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, and and that's it. It's not really like all of Vegas, because um, much like the original Dawn of the, or not the original, but Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake that sets mostly uh, in, in an abandoned mall. This is set mostly in an abandoned hotel, uh, and so yeah. they kind of have it in different scenes to dress it up and make it seem like different buildings and stuff and some exterior shots. But really, we're kind of operating in like one building for 80% of the movie, which when you're dealing with 140 minutes, that's over two hours uh, set in one yeah. building, basically. Yeah, so. Zack Snyder has this thing where you can tell that he, for each movie, he wanted to make one really good music video. And then he extended <laughs> over an entire runtime. Like if you if you look at the Watchmen movie, the best part of that was the opening credit sequence with with the needle drop and the um, uh, American history, uh, like the alternate American history uh, timeline oh my God, with the Watchmen. Yeah. And th- that it, it, that definitely happened here with the um, Viva Las Vegas needle drop montage <laughs> yes. at the beginning, which honestly yes. was the most entertaining and fun part of the movie. They sort of blew their load early with all the different zombies in the traditional, you know, Vegas costumes and stuff. And I, I'm I just, so glad you said yeah, that Griff, because yeah. you know, if, if there's one thing we hate, it's also movies getting MCU ified, but this movie is getting a prequel called army of thieves that has already finished filming. And it's set all during that fucking opening credit scene, basically. Oh, and then we're wow. also getting an anime sequel series called army of the dead lost Vegas. You see, all it's through all, Netflix. Yeah, yeah. And oh, so, of course, uh, Snyder is going for a, a zombie action MCU of sorts. Huh. Oy. That seems that seems exhausting, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> I can't think of any other, you know, big name, uh, you know, quote unquote, aunt, auteur like him who's done a better job at like grifting the streaming industrial complex to get his passion projects funded. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know, this thing, the uh, you know, the 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 Snyder cut. Um, you know, this honestly, the arc of history at this point is bending towards um, a a Hulu original Zack Snyder Fountainhead movie. Uh, yes, yes, I did just speak that to existence. I did not turn my lathe of heaven off, so I'm I'm sorry. For that. <laughs> See, knowing Hulu, they will tell Zack Snyder that it was going to, in fact, be a movie, but they'll let him film like a six-hour movie, and then they'll release <laughs> the movie in seven different parts. So yeah. it's a mini series by default, is how it uh, comes about. Um, yeah, I, I don't think anyone can do a better opening credit scene, though, than Zack Snyder. Like, it really kind of gets you in the mood and you're able to get a feel for the characters when they're showing them and, like, they're holding a portrait of their family as well or of their loved ones mm, and stuff yeah. like that. It, it just, it, it really, really works. And uh, unfortunately, Griff, you're, you're exactly right in the sense that it's all downhill basically from there. 
Um, <laughs> so uh, we'll 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 see. Um, did y'all like the the idea of it basically being an insurance fraud as the main prompt for this movie? I had that again, like you said, when you sit with this movie for any extra length of time, you develop all these questions or whatever. But it's like okay, so it's as if. My thought was, you know how, like, the story goes that Dr. Seuss wrote green eggs and ham on a bet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. this feels like somebody was like, I bet you you can't combine Dawn of the Dead, Born Identity, and Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> like, that's kind of like... That's, Spot on. That's what it felt like to me. And even that, like, the Ocean's Eleven aspect of it with him, like, okay, you're going to go in, break into this vault, and yada, yada and all that then it turns out no that's not at all what the dude wanted though he wanted the zombie head correct correct and there is a a very easy way for him to get a goddamn zombie head and that's by paying off the coyote like fifteen thousand dollars and then just getting a zombie head and getting out because because they had the zombie head within like 20 minutes of being in Vegas. I know. Correct. They could have just walked away at that point. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like maybe the uh, the the main uh, bad guy's henchman, you know, or, or not main guy, bad guy's henchman, fucking uh, what's his name from Fear of the Walking Dead? Uh, good God, yeah. Martin is the character's name. But yeah, the, the Japanese businessman's head of security that goes with him. Um, it's almost like after he gets the head, he could have just fucked right off. Uh, and that's yeah. exactly what I was asking. Like, why? I mean, they weren't even far from the exit point. No, of where they they were, were basically where they started. Yep. Yeah. And he should have just gotten the head and then said deuces and bounced from the movie. And then, c- forgive me for for speaking it like this, but then there would be an outside element of of now. There's no reason to uh, wait for the bomb to go off. So then the businessman could lobby to have the explosion occur early, et cetera. Like the whole movie could still operate with the, the timeline of acceleration that it does, but without having a needless extra person. Like you said, the more time we have to sit with these things, the more uh, plot holes you can poke at. Um, but I, I did, I, I have grown to appreciate uh, when movies just have the simple motivator of money. And the characters are motivated by money because it feels very realist. Like mm-hmm. if yeah. you were offered like a couple a, a couple mil to put your life at risk, honestly, most working people would probably take that chance. Of course, yeah. 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 And I, I, I did I, I did appreciate that element. I, I enjoyed um, how they kept offering when they when they're building the team. They kept offering them less and less money. Yeah. <laughs> like, <Yes. they're> like, <laughs> oh, Two million, sure. Five hundred k, sure. Twenty grand, why not? <laughs> like, <laughs> It, it really was uh and then especially what was it that zombie killer influencer guy who brings along one of his friends yeah. as like a subcontractor <laughs> who's like getting paid five thousand yeah. <laughs> she was so badass yeah 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 she was too and uh, it's the same actress who was the female kryptonian in man of steel in case people are wondering oh, so okay. it's like a snyder gotcha. wheelhouse alum is kind of mm. my point there so it's nice to see that she's still getting work sorry keep going oh no i was just gonna say that whole like uh getting the crew together scene what it was funny how earnest it was but how silly it was Absolutely. at the same time that was like legit oceans 11 yeah, <laughs> yeah it was it, it, he never plays things with a sense of humor and 
it's weird because the only thing that makes me know that he knows that it's funny, even though it's not shot funnily or it's not like mm-hmm. giving a wink yeah. to the audience in any way, is because in interviews, he talks about how it is a ridiculous premise and how he just enjoyed having fun with everyone playing it straight. Yeah. So I I don't know what the slight disconnect is because I don't want like the Marvelized version of this, which is where you have one character talking about how ridiculous it is the whole time and making clips like that. I don't think would be good. But the the uh, one time when they kind of leaned into that territory was at the beginning with the guys driving the truck and, and joking about what was inside the vault. Uh, it, those those oh, guys yeah. have all seen the Indiana Jones movies. They're all, you know, like they're 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 operating with the same cultural references that 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 we have. And it was uh, like I could I was thinking of oh, if I was driving the truck, what would I be thinking that that was inside? Like, uh, you know, like is it an adrenochrome store? Is it uh, <laughs> like it, 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 is it is it like uh, a a, a um, uh, altar to Baphomet that was in the little Saint James Temple? <laughs> <laughs> You're mentioning all real yeah. things. This is a fantasy movie. Bro. Come on, you can't be. It is that does ring true to me because, like, I've been like I'm in construction and I've been on jobs that don't have names because you're building it for the government, quote unquote. Yeah. And <laughs> so sometimes you'll just have a room that has wild shit in it, uh, it's, it's but like you don't vault, know what it is. Know? Uh, the- it's the vault. Yeah, you're sitting there going, "What?" I mean, this is where they do alien autopsies, right? Like, <laughs> this is where that happens, yeah. right? <laughs> like- I mean, th- and I think, Grift, I, and this, this might, again, work with me here because I might be doing some of the director's work for me. I think the reason that the army guys were talking about Indiana Jones at the beginning was then at the end when they're going mm. in and the zombie is getting blow darts to the face and shot yes, up. So yes. that kind of you know is able oh, to bring it, it rhymes there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So George yeah. Lucasism. Yeah, I didn't even pick up on that. Um, but yeah. But see, I don't know if you guys caught this, but like the beginning of the movie. I had to ask Tom who direct who was directing this and who wrote it because like the work the script <laughs> like for me like the fact okay so him being like oh I did that on purpose because I think it's funny I feel like that's a cheap way of trying to just be like yeah everything was shit because I thought it was funny that is that is his style unfortunately though <laughs> yeah oh my god the army guys like talking I was like. Who are these people and where are these B rated, <laughs> C rated people coming from? Like, I was so confused. And then, like, they I can... also are just bad at being army guys. Very like, much. They just, like, don't follow instructions, like, immediately. They're like, I think Zach was like, y'all aren't that important. So, y'all do what you think you need to do <laughs> and just shoot the scene going from why, here to here. Why is my yeah. uh, character title Cannon Fodder Number Two? I don't understand. What's, <laughs> what's my motivation here? Yeah. Uh, so, how do you think Bullet Catcher would react in this? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because uh, as much fun as it is that the zombie apocalypse is brought on by Roadhead, you know, uh, it, it is, <laughs> yeah. it is, 
That was great. I love that. The the the, the car just crashes into the truck. It immediately explodes. explodes. <laughs> <laughs> it just quickly. fucking explodes. It's like, damn, are we in a Michael Bay movie? Here? I thought the same thing. Oh my yeah. gosh! I was literally trying to. Yeah, um, yeah. It almost feels like a dick measuring contest between the two of them, and we're just here having to be yeah. forced to I, watch I mean, it. Michael um, Bay is like the frat boy version of Zack Snyder, and snack. Zack Snyder is like the rejected libertarian-esque uh, wannabe philosopher version <laughs> of Michael Bay. Like, they're two sides of the mm. same, like, dude bro coin. It just is important if mm-hmm. they got, like, a BA or a BS. That's really kind of the, the difference point. <laughs> oh, my gosh, them. that's spot on. Uh, I could not, you literally put into words what I was thinking but could not say. <laughs> I could not figure out how to put the words together, and you well, did it. Because, like, so, Snyder kudos. loves to put these, like, big ideas in there, but he doesn't really have, like, any, I think, true analysis point he's like i'm just asking questions kind of like what news anchors will do but in his case he literally is just asking questions like he's just presenting stuff because like the the once the zombie outbreak happens and then there's like uh the the walls of vegas metro area is walled off but then just outside in a ring surrounding it are the quarantine camps and I was like, oh, wow, some yeah. timely commentary here. We have like uh, uh, people getting temperature checks everywhere they go. And like mm-hmm. it's uh, very authoritarian. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, doing some some weird fear mongering and commentary, Zack Snyder. I appreciate it. But they're also in a giant open air prison where they're uh, dependent on like a weird militaristic force not to crush them like the Palestinian people. Weird commentary, Zack Snyder. Okay. Uh, what what, what <laughs> yeah. side are we playing here? What, what way are we going? Yeah, it just felt like a grab bag of the issues of the day without having really much to say at the end. Like you got a little bit of anti-lockdown, anti-quarantine, anti-government control stuff, but you also got the clear analogy to, you know, ICE agents um yeah. uh, sexually abusing uh the the the, the refugees yep, in yep. the camps um and then you know of, co- of course you had the wall build the wall around vegas uh made of shipping containers which one of them had evergreen written on it <laughs> oh, so i'm sure that was C- that was cgi'd in you know get- after that ship yeah uh got got stuck there so that i i, I caught it's, that it's reference. just a, a great you know it's an earnest movie and so to see these things that he put them in there because it makes him laugh and he's hoping that enough other people will and now he has like this cult of personality built up around him that i think he'll be set as a director uh kind of moving forward mm, yeah so yeah it'll be great um my, one note I wanted to to mention just uh, b- before I forgot, as we kind of then talk about various highlights in the movie, is uh, obviously one of the characters, uh, Tig Notaro's character, was originally going to be played by Chris D'Elia. And then after, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I did read after, that. You know, like, he got yeah. canceled for um, uh, 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 not. Uh, Being a super creep. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out the the, the best way to have it not be libel or slander. Being a pedophile. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pedophilia. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think you need to see at this point. I don't think you need to say parody non-actionable to say that uh, uh, yeah, Chris Delia yeah. is a pedophile. <laughs> like, yeah, I do not think we're going to get sued. I do not. Yeah. The, the, the the legal system is not going to come down on us for, uh, uh, for, and if, for broadcasting if it does, that. oh, great. I would love that. Prove you're not. How about that, uh, 
Chris. Um, because uh, one of the, the stories that I was seeing in various articles about this movie is like, look at how amazing it is that Tignataro is put in seamlessly and it's not at all noticeable and blah, blah, blah. And I thought it was incredibly noticeable because all of her scenes are by herself or like she is walking in with the group oh, yeah. and there's like this weird blur effect almost around <laughs> her. <laughs> I did not even notice it. I didn't notice it at first. Uh, afterwards, like, I'm sure I would notice it on a second. I viewing. did wonder why she was by herself the whole, the movie, whole time. Because yeah. I did not look up this movie. I saw, you know, like, yeah, I only knew fresh. about the movie because it's on, you know, the Netflix front pages sure, and shit. Sure. But, um, yeah, it totally makes sense now that she was stranded on the rooftop by herself. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it just was one of those things of where um, I think... Uh, the, uh, in the original version, it probably was that Chris D'Elia was with the group, and then when they all went up, right. he was able to start the helicopter, and it didn't start at first, and then he was able to get it going. In this case, though, they just scrubbed him completely out. They kept her up top on the yeah. roof, and then uh, doing like a bizarre side quest the entire time, so... <laughs> I kind of liked her side quest the whole time. Like she's just like up there being like, "What is this I hunk like, of yeah, shit that like you've given character. me to work with?" Well, yeah. One zombie you know, interaction though. Like no, no, no one cared to <laughs> check the roof. The zombies bad perimeter security. <laughs> yeah, I was I was just yelling, uh, "Get to the chopper!" The whole time. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's literally what it boils down to. <laughs> um, the the main like. Uh, I want to say like my my it's both my favorite character and my my most disappointing character in the movie uh, that we've talked about a little bit was the zombie tiger because man when that was in the trailer yeah. I thought all right this is gonna be a hell of a movie let's do this and then like the zombie tiger was only in for two scenes and it's like I ah, yeah. should not have gotten my hopes up I know I thought it was gonna be one of those like you know Game of Thrones where like the direwolf is always yeah, by that's his exactly side what like, I thought I thought. They only, yeah, they only did that for the one, and then he gets a really cool, like, beat-up scene, and yeah. then he's gone. I'm like, why? Yeah, he gets why? to kill the main asshole, like, uh, so yeah, I guess it, cool, but, he like... He does kill the fuck out of him. it was such a build-up. <laughs> like, yeah, yes. he does. Yeah, like, as as soon as the operator guy was like, oh, that tiger, it's, it's perverse, <laughs> like, you know it's gonna be ripping his face yeah. off in the third act. Tears <laughs> like, erupting all the way around. Um... The, the the thing that was disappointing to me, at least with the tiger, not just with the airtime, and I guess it's kind of more uh, about the trailer as a whole and how it was advertised, is that this movie seemed like it was going to be incredibly colorful and incredibly vibrant and have this like hyper real saturation throughout. And mm -hmm. the movie, outside of about three scenes, is a lot of gray and beige and sand just all the way through. Yeah. There, there's oh, one right. somewhat cool scene in the casino itself where, you know, you're shown as uh, Dave Batista shoots into a gas tank of that one chick, uh, or, or I'm sorry, the influencer guy oh, shoots yeah. into the gas tank and you watch that explosion. But even then, I was thinking the action might be similar to the action in Watchmen or even like in uh, Dread. Have you all seen the Dread movie from like 2012? Yeah. But but something mm -hmm. like that yep. in that color spectrum. Uh, and it really wasn't. And so I feel like I kind of got suicide squatted a little bit of like, oh, well, this. Yeah, you feel thing. like you feel like it should be more like neon and Vegasy and no, stuff like that. It was only that. for the and intro. It's, it's almost yeah. like they just cut clips of the intro. Yeah. And then they were like, look, guys, 
Look at this flashy thing that we're doing. Yeah, yeah. It just was was weird for me uh, to go, okay, so this, I think, is a me problem, and I need to, like, not judge movies based on the trailer, even though the trailer should be the thing that gets me hyped up for it. That, that instead, you know, I got to guard my heart a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, I, I think by this point, we should know that trailers are going to blow the entire load of the movie, give away all the good stuff and represent a vibe that is not indicative of the whole. Because, yeah, like you were saying, uh, we only really got those uh, really oversaturated, super stylized action scenes in the intro. And then when uh, Dave Bautista went absolute beast mode at the yeah. end. In- <laughs> inside the the uh, uh, slot machine room. oh my god he was such um, a which, badass i was yeah. like dude he's like at least double my age and he just jumped up that poker table thingy <laughs> like it was nothing i was like does he have wires on like it doesn't make any the answer, sense i think it's yes <laughs> With, <laughs> yeah. i'm sorry but you know the the dude i think is uh i he's what like 50 something now yeah. uh, at the very least so oh, okay so he's not yeah, that old. he's he's trying to like get out of his like drax role because he's like uh, I'm too old for this shit, <laughs> you know. Kind His of a thing head right now. has the most bizarre wrinkles pattern that I've oh, ever oh, seen. Said that Thank too. you. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh my god. As you get old, because I've seen it on other people too. Um, <laughs> as they get older, and I'm like, what happens? Does your brain start to come out? Like, does your skull recede? It's it's so intense. I mean, I just assume it was yeah. like from prolonged HGH use, like. The '90s HGA uh, could be a thing too. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's the only yeah. logic. Yeah, it's like it's like when when Barry Bonds uh, had to uh, get a new uh, hat size that was like <laughs> <laughs> that was like uh, like like five five sizes bigger right, than the one yeah. he wore in the '90s when he started juicing. It just yeah, it makes your head swell, and then I think that oh. that may like I may stretch stretch the skin a bit. Yeah, that's yeah, true. You know, more yeah. more uh, face to to emote with. Because uh, they actually tried to, they they gave his character a sort of, uh, they gave him the emotional heft of trying oh to reconnect God. with his daughter. Yeah, um, yeah. Which which <sighs> you could you could tell like Zack Snyder, he was obviously you know work working through some personal stuff there. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, and that's where I won't criticize Zack Snyder too much. But anyone, because another thing I saw was this movie has such a heart to it, such emotional resonance. It's just like, <laughs> no, in my head, their relationships are by far and away the worst part of this movie. Like, I do not yeah. care yeah. about the family. I don't care about who wants to date who. And like, I was just waiting for you to become available, Dave Batista. Let me get my neck snapped in an elevator real quick. Uh, you know, <laughs> like, I, I, I just don't care. And so, like, when we get to the the end scene. Um, uh, as we bounce around, but where the daughter has to like old yeller her dad, yeah, yeah. Uh, it just did not resonate with. It. I was laughing no. like, when when she, he died quietly and then started spazzing, turning. It just, oh my god, yeah, I felt nothing. <laughs> I screamed for about the last ten minutes of the movie because that part I knew it was coming up. Yeah, it was so obvious and it was not needed. Like, yeah. I feel like that is what ruined the movie for me. And I understand that knowing a little bit more about him, like I'm thinking he was trying to do something, right? Like something about it. But the thing that pisses me off is that American movies have this tendency of making children be annoying, immature assholes that ruin everything. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's just weird that like his daughter is also like older than I am. So it's just, you know, like, uh, yeah. (laughs) The daughter is the... 
the most annoying because it's like, all right, so you promised the woman that you were going to take care of the kids, then immediately abandon the kids and then <laughs> go into the danger zone. But that's the writing, right? That's the problem with the writing is that they were like forcing it to happen yeah. because they felt the need to put some sort of emotional but let's, to let's never movie. lose sight of the fact that she failed and that woman is dead. <laughs> like, or, or, you know, again, I'm not, I want to call myself a scriptwriter here, but wouldn't it make more sense if there was an idea of not going in for insurance money? Their initial idea was an extraction to get one of the alpha zombies. But then Dave Batista finds out that his daughter has gone in to go get money for mm, the refugee yes. family. So he goes and pulls a wild card. Oh my god. That uh, would have been so much better. That would do. So, yeah. Yeah, that's Thank that, you. That's thank so you, thank superior. You. Way better. Like, Snyder, uh, yeah, I'm yeah, available. way better right away. You can pay me um $50,000. <laughs> I will give Griff $15,000 as a subcontract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not going to tell me how much they they give you. I, I just hear my cut and uh yeah. Can we get appetizers since we were here for it? Yeah, can we get Applebee's um, <laughs> appetizers? <laughs> Uh, it just you know oh it seemed God. like that there's a way and or rather there is a tight hundred minute movie in here that is begging yes. to exist and be, you know be out there and i think that that would make it incredibly good at least in my dude head. that would have literally shifted the entire way because the thing is yeah. this movie isn't that bad right like i actually enjoyed this movie yeah. a lot yeah it was fun just for the aspect of the just it being an action movie. It was really yeah. fun. But all that other stupid stuff that they added in yeah. it, just made it way too it's long. It's almost like a slow and burn. And it just had no point. You know, like, outside yeah. of the intro scene, what? the first zombie kill happens at 65 minutes in to the movie. Jesus. Like that, that, that is, oh that is oh such God. a long yeah. wait to get to that point. And then, as I mentioned before, it's around the 100-minute mark that I start to question this movie. So there's really only about like 30 minutes of me enjoying it without having larger mm. questions <laughs> yeah. coming in. Yeah, that's true. It was this b bizarre combination of that sort of like meandering tone, like you were saying, like they were taking – it took a while to get to what you were promised, but also it the script felt like it was on rails. Like you had to go through these beats. You, yeah. It was completely telegraphed. You knew exactly where it was going to yeah. go. The universal ride version of this is going to be amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, yeah, but you're right. Sure. It, it's like you knew every next step. You knew exactly like – who was going to betray them, who was going to die and all that other stuff. Like so far in advance that it's like, it felt like a slog after, yeah, that hundred minute or so. And you're mark. holding off just to see the action. Yeah. yeah. And, and the action was kind of like, I mean, like just for fun sake, it was fun. Like the Batista jumping on the tables and, and not since JFK has there been more magic bullets. Oh my god! Than, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like 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 when the influencer guy was doing the streams and he would do the triple yes. headshot. Yeah, yeah. Or like the daughter, like, how I, she can't I, I, seem to kill a guy three feet less than three feet in front of her, but all of a sudden at the end of the hallway, she's long shooting with yep, a pistol. Yep. Yes, and she's getting every head, and I was like. 
and they're running, by the way. And I'm like, <laughs> how does that work? How does the math and science work on that? One thing that I legitimately thought we were going to get, and I probably should have known better because Zack Snyder is many things, but he is not uh, a copycat. So, you know, God bless him for being original. But I was I was hoping and begging and pleading that I would get a copycat scene take place at the bottom of the casino when there is that long steel cement corridor that has the elevator that opens up and you just see a wave of zombies come in. I thought that they were going to shoot yeah. through their first run out of ammo. Um, and then we were going to get an old boy hall- hallway scene with Dave Batista and a hammer oh. just ah. fucking going ham all the way through. I was like, that would be oh, pretty fun. Well, of course this is going to be kind of what happens as he's holding off the incoming waves to try and right. buy the guy more time. But no, that that didn't happen. It's fine. <laughs> we got uh we did get the uh, let's do this like gentlemen scene and the the fisticuffs with the lead zombie. <laughs> so there was that. <laughs> yeah, and 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 of course you had the wimpy safe cracker guy suddenly become yeah. a perfect marksman <laughs> yes. by the end. Magic Just bullets. Marking headshots. Th- this as, is a, a tie over, yeah. <laughs> by the way, uh, from our our last episode where which. We covered uh, King Arthur, and the entire time of that movie, they kept calling King Arthur kid, even though Charlie Hunnam was 37 at the time of that movie coming out. (laughs) Um, The German safecracker is also called kid several times. He is 40 years old. As a 40-year-old man who they're like, I'm not so sure about this kid, this whippersnapper. Yeah. I will say I really like the bromance that he and the uh, marksman had. Oh, yeah. The guy with the giant chop saw. Yeah. Yeah. Which that chop saw didn't really come into play very much other than for somebody else. (laughs) I mean, thank God they had it, though, because that's why they ended up being able to, you know, blast through a wall. (laughs) That's true. They, They would have all died if they didn't have that one heavy, heavy chainsaw that they've been lugging around this entire freaking movie. You know what else? They also hid in a wheelbarrow. I mean, like in a barrel. Yeah, that was a weird move too. I didn't know why you Did you notice like when they were getting their stuff, they almost, they had barrels and I'm like, why would you put a chainsaw in a barrel? Like, (laughs) why? (laughs) That that is, I think, I I mean, um, also it's a chainsaw. So if you're trying to be quiet, uh, not also not one silencer is it's shown on this <laughs> fucking yeah. movie like no, no one's ever shown um one one element i did like was the sort of dual wielding guns and then stabbing them in the head yeah like that was mm-hmm. that 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 was a cool move that uh that um felt like a um like like an actual bit of fight choreography oh, yeah. that um the, was, the fight was scenes themselves i have no issue with i those are all very very technically no. competent um it's the color grading and, and the, the slow-mo shots there and with that uh, that I have. But I mean, And all the drama. Yeah, you know. <laughs> all the BS it's, drama. It's the yeah. soap opera element. But again, this is this is Zack Snyder. This is the guy who, uh, did y'all catch out like the Greek god, uh, you know, just like of the Olympus Hotel oh, yeah. and the main zombie <laughs> bad guys called Zeus. <laughs> just fucking <laughs> oh my god yeah. uh, it, it was I I honestly thought that the zo- bad guy zombie was going to be called like Prometheus because he's bringing fire to the other zombies <laughs> oh god uh, uh, so <laughs> I had a couple of questions about the zombies though like um so 
One was they had like the alpha zombies and then the regular zombies. Yeah. How did the regular zombies get it, made? It's, it's aliens. By, so rules. if the it's aliens rules. Do, do you okay. remember like there's like the main queen xenomorph and then she can make other like main uh-huh. xenomorphs and those make the little like dog size xenomorphs. Okay. Yeah, so, so it's it, only yeah. whoever he bit. Okay. Those fast ones. Got it. And anyone else that turned into a zombie was from the other zombies. Okay. Fair enough. I just wanted that cleared up. But also, I wish like they could have gotten more deeper. Like, I feel like he was focusing on all the wrong things. So all the stuff that should have like opened up more, like it never got there. Like, I loved the idea that there was this alpha zombie that was creating these like special yeah, zombie that army is a people. Great concept, yeah. Right, yeah. and the thing is, they never really delved into it. Like, it almost made me feel, like get upset because I was like, you spent all this time on all this stuff that I didn't need in my life. <laughs> like, I want to know more yeah, about this, you know, crazy zombie dude. And he got a zombie woman pregnant. Uh, what? Yeah, yeah. zombie uh, pregnancy. What? No? <laughs> it was consensual. And that's all we see. Just, yeah. <laughs> it was totally consensual. He, like, digs the baby out of the womb, and then that's it. That's it. And we're, we just know that he's pissed about it, but we don't know how that happens, um, yeah. what this is. I, I, I want to know, like, how the fetus lore works then. Like if a pregnant woman gets turned into a zombie, does that mean that then if the baby is alive in a separate mm. entity inside, according to the logic of Zack Snyder at least, that then that baby isn't a zombie? Oh, I would think the baby is a zombie because from Dawn of the Dead, if you remember, oh that's right, the woman that, was yeah bit. okay yeah. All right, well, I guess his worldview and hasn't so, yeah. changed. Well then, congrats, congrats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the sort of uh, gratuitative grossness of the zombie fetus. I, I I don't think this was the intent, but I can't help but notice the similarities to anti-abortion propaganda. Yeah, um, yeah, and it was yeah, it, but it, you know, obviously, it wasn't touched on beyond like we live in a zombie society. That was basically <laughs> like like it, 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 uh, yeah that that aspect wasn't really expanded on, but um, the 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 aesthetics there were sort of uh, questionable a bit. It was also fascinating to see because. Um, that these zombies didn't need to feed, or the alpha zombies at least didn't need to feed. Uh, they just kind of bit people, and then like it was the the lower class zombies that were the ones that were constantly consuming mm, and eating. Yeah. So mm. it just uh, was one of those things of where I'm sure the prequel movie is probably gonna explain all of this, <laughs> and it's gonna feel really fucking boring or whatever. So uh, when when that hits, we will definitely have to hit y'all up and pass you yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah say like we promise it'll be different this time this one's good <laughs> we hope <laughs> but yeah uh, that's 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 funny they're doing a prequel because the ending sequence with the the, the marksman on the on the plane mm-hmm. right he was uh it sort of hinted that yeah he was going to go infect mexico city and then knowing mexico city's geography where it's a basin surrounded by mountains it's a perfect zombie sort of containment zone yeah that's true but also he was bit by the alpha right presumably yeah because he was doing the physical we're supposed to think that because he was uh, fighting him (laughs) and i remember seeing him kind of look like he was about to get bit and then he was shoved into that little place so you would assume he was bit by the alpha so yeah i definitely feel like there is a good story there i do love a prequel and i'm hoping (laughs) it doesn't have any sort of emotional crap in it I, I don't know. It's just, 
It, it definitely will. Uh, the, the prequel movie, at least. Yeah. We're going to follow like one family that gets stuck in Vegas after they've walled everything off and they got to try and coyote their way out. So right. It's going to yeah. be interesting. That marksman at the end, I think his name is uh, Vandero or something. Uh, did yeah. y'all appreciate how he's bookending the movie with a fucking Joseph Campbell quote? Oh my god! I rolled, my, I rolled my eyes back into my fucking skull when I heard that. That sounded. It was so out of place and like shoehorned. Like it was just like that was definitely Zack Snyder. Like he was reading something that day of filming, and he's like, "Yeah, let's just add this here." Oh, yeah, you know he right. high fived himself in the mirror when he wrote that down, and was just like, "This is perfect." But also, like, why has nobody yeah. mentioned? Um, the script in terms of the wording for the German dude. Like, why has nobody mentioned this? <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, I completely. Do you not remember how the pretentious funny foreign guy? Yeah. No, but the, it was almost like it was almost like he started writing the script for the German dude, and then a couple people were like, "Dude, this sounds so like you sound like a noob. Like, get that." And he was like, "Oh wait, I'm gonna turn it into something funny." Like, it was only funny towards the end. Have you? I don't know if you noticed it, but like, yeah, the yeah. wording. You were just like, "Who wrote?" And then you're like Zack Snyder. I'm like, damn it. And then like at the, <laughs> at the like the second half of his whole character stuff was when it started to get a little bit more funnier. And then you realized it was a joke. In the beginning, it was not jokey at all. It was not funny. But that's it the, was annoying. That's the thing with Zack Snyder is that like he doesn't play anything like a joke. So you're kind of questioning if it's supposed to be funny. Like you're yeah. kind of like, yeah, I, like even the beginning montage and stuff like that, like. Right up top, like you see, like the army is just getting, you know, fucked up, and there's like a guy shooting as he's parachuting in. And it, like, oh. <laughs> it should be funny, but you're kind of like questioning it, like, is this a Is comedy? he saying that military all sucks? Because the whole point of that beginning intro was that the military was all dying around them. And the only people who were saving yeah, like the were other this people ragtag were group. this ragtag random team. <laughs> you know? This film is dedicated to the proud Mujahideen zombies <laughs> that fought. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, oh yeah, our military I, I did, sucks, I apparently. The, yeah. I, I did get a kick out of that paratrooper just slowly yes. drifting down and getting enveloped by the mob. I, I do think he was trying to play that for last. I think so. But I totally get what you're but saying. But the way he cuts the, the scene, the though, is, is because – so, yeah. like, if you notice, like, right before that, there's, like, a whole other uh, – like, some military – person dying right and so because of the way it's cut it almost looks like he's making fun of the military for sucking (laughs) and then and then all of a sudden it's all of this like renegade whatever team that comes in and is saving the day and you're like is he talking so shit are about we, the? Are we pro militia? Is that what we're doing here? Yeah, like I, I, I think I, I think we're pro Blackwater, pro private contract. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, really though, the, yeah. the best of the best, That's the elite of the elite. Yikes! You know, the ones who who operate as burger flippers until yeah. they uh, are able to work for One Japanese businessmen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd you'd rather be a soldier of fortune than be in the working class rat race, right? <laughs> like. Like like war crime, doing war crimes is preferable to flipping burgers. <laughs> it's going to be terrifying, by the way. Like when Dave Batista, because he he gets a lot of credit for being like an actual character actor now, because mm-hmm. like he can be an action star, he can be in serious roles, comedic roles, whatever. But like 
I, I think probably a, about 10 years from now, it's going to be too much work for him to want to keep on having such a massive amount of mass and muscle. So he's probably going to really trim down, slim down and get relatively skinny and fit. And like, we're not going to know what to do with him <laughs> as an well, actor. I don't know. Like, you well, never know. Cause Dwayne Johnson, like he did slim down quite a bit. Like he is not the mountain that we first had. Right. Like he still works out. No, he did definitely trim down. I thought he went bigger. (laughs) Yeah, I. I, For some movies, probably. But what Johnson? You're looking at, uh, but I, that dude only gets bigger. Yeah, really? Like, yeah, it, you're I thinking. Like I think you it saw a picture. No, maybe I'm thinking about Cena. Yeah. Oh, oh, because yeah. Cena John did, Cena did. Yeah, no, he slim did down. slim oh, down. John Cena, yeah. Sorry, John I got Cena the. Has yeah, I got the two confused. Yeah. But yeah, Cena <laughs> it's has It's okay. Slim One down. is the knockoff of the other, based <laughs> on the Mountain Dew <gasps> no! commercial. So it's okay. <laughs> Cena would sell his soul to have the career that The Rock has, which like, is such a bummer. Because I, I do like Cena a lot. <laughs> it's okay. He's gonna be in Fast and Furious Nine. So. <laughs> Uh, he's Dom Toretto's brother, so it's going to be <laughs> A-OK, him and Vin Diesel. Um, but I think, you know, if we're starting to talk about other movies, this is as good a time as any to talk about uh, our rating system of how many trash cans, uh, of how garbage this movie is. So, Griff, take it away. What are we at? Uh, I'd probably say, like, one and a half to two trash cans. Uh, parts of it were a lot of fun. It definitely dragged. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but but at the end of the day, you know, it was a good time-wasting blockbuster, all things considered. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in that same camp, too. I just w- would have loved it, would have given it, like, zero trash cans if it was 90 minutes uh, of action instead of 148. Uh, uh, you know, it also taught me that the zombie apocalypse was, like, the perfect time to kill your spouse. Like, you could just get away with it. <laughs> Like, oh, God. Just, oh, nice to the head. She was turning into a zombie. Uh, that, uh, that's my excuse. That's what I'm sticking with. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, what about y'all? I guess I'm kind of with y'all. Like, it's like a one and a half to two, I suppose, because yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. there's a lot that I could have done without. But overall, I was entertained for 60, 70% of it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's, and thankfully, we have our smartphones for the other 40%. So uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's manageable. Yeah. I'm going to give it two trash cans, but honestly, it could be a three in my mind just because he had almost 20, like 15 years <laughs> on this yeah. script, okay? So to that go 15 true. years and still come out with this when, again, like I loved the action. Like this movie should have been just an action movie. I mean, I'm sure there could have been some heartfelt stuff, but not what happened at, you know, the girl coming in and all that was so predictable. And I'm like, no, no. And then like, it just kind of perpetuates this thing of how Americans just apparently think that children ruin everything, right? Like that's, (laughs) I mean, every action slash horror movie, they do this, like Quiet Place, they did that. I mean, I can talk about any other ones. And then like, I always talk about the like comparison between like, let's say, like train to Busan, right? And so like the mm-hmm. children were the actual ones who were like knew how to like get shit done. They were they were almost like better than the adults in terms of like how to keep their shit together in a sense. And it is true. Like in my life, my children, if I'm going through something, they are there. <laughs> like they are wiser. Yeah, I think yeah. children are. Like we give them so little credit. And I feel like it's this like ugh, I'm so sick of that mentality. And then like 
I don't know. Like there was so much in there that didn't need to be. That's the thing. And I'm like, if it was somebody else, like a newbie, I'd be like, okay, I'd give them some credit. Like it could have been better, but we can move on. But it's like Zack fucking Snyder. The man does not know how to be succinct at all. (laughs) Yeah. It it all would have worked out if not for those damn meddling kids. (laughs) Right. I mean, but also the way you described it earlier, like that was on point like if he had just switched it around just a little bit it would have totally made the movie and the emotional factor at the end would have totally been it right Mm -hmm. but like i don't know maybe it's just like an adhd thing like you can't but also like all the stuff that happened like you could clearly tell they did it just to get the movie to that next point where they wanted to get it to it wasn't really well thought out right it wasn't smooth where you didn't have to do the crazy back, what is it called when we do that? When we're like backpedaling and trying to- Backtracking to kind of make sense of it all Yeah, like you know when you're like swirling away, trying like conspiracy theories, right? Like you try to get (laughs) to one point to the other point and you're making up all these excuses to get there. That was what this movie (laughs) was. And I was like, man, it it was so good though. That's the thing that sucks. It's like all the other parts that should have, that was supposed to be in the movie were great. And then all these little things were just like a bummer. Like, um, you know, that's like, Zack Snyder in the nutshell, though. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> is it? It's like, yeah, it's. I really um, enjoyed like, 300, like, though, and that's the only movie of his that I actually liked. When I talked about Watchmen, I lied. I was talking about the HBO one, not the movie yeah, one. Yeah. So I take it back. 300 is the only one that I liked, um, but also it's. I don't know. I haven't watched it in forever. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, Zack Snyder, when he's held to other people's IP, because like I did enjoy his Watchmen mm. movie, also like the 300. I'm a, a fan of Guardians of Gahul, his owl animated movie. Oh, I think yeah, that's I forgot great. about that. And, uh, <laughs> Underrated yeah, gem. Yeah, which, by the way, he talks about in an interview, Guardians of Gahul, he was going to have like a prolonged sequence uh, that really hammer home like the civil rights message in Guardians of Gahul. And I was like, ah, oh, man, release the Gahul cut, please. Uh, I, I want that. Uh, but that's another thing. I'm so sorry I keep ram- ranting, oh, but like good. he keeps starting these notions of trying to make his movie a little deeper, Yeah. but he doesn't know how to get there, right? Yeah. So yeah. he only puts a little tiny bit because he's like, this is what I want to talk about, but I don't know how to get there, so I'm just going to make you guys figure it out. Like, And so there's all these tiny things that never really come to fruition fully so none of it develops so you're like constantly wanting more but not in a good way you're just like oh he clearly it wasn't thought out i mean he he needs a legitimate writing partner like his wife deborah is excellent at being an editor with him and he's fantastic at doing cinematography and then of course being in the director's chair i think serves him well and so you know on on that side of the technical aspects i think they, they do a good job but the actual writing of someone who can be like a James Gunn almost with the Dawn of mm-hmm. the Dead, but can incorporate certain other elements yes. to, to help yeah. synthesize what, what Snyder is going for. Yeah. That's really what he needs. I forgot and Dawn of so. the Dead was absolutely, I loved it. Like yeah. I actually really enjoyed that movie. So I know he can do it. Yeah. yeah. He just <laughs> needs, I mean, he, yeah. he just needs a writing partner. That That's kind of like, yeah. you know, yeah. like when you're looking at like his next project, it's okay. Well, who is actually writing this movie with him? Like who is yeah. distilling his ideas down? And uh, then we can judge it off of that because it's like, oh, it's the guy who did like Seventh Son and the Robin Hood remake. Nah, this is going to be <laughs> trash. No, no, thank you. Uh-uh. Yeah. Well, 
like, given what we know his dream project is, I think his ideal writing partner is Ayn Rand. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, his next upcoming work is apparently a King Arthur adaptation set in the Gold Rush era. So, oh my, you know, I get, why, why, what is with all this fascination <laughs> I, with King Arthur? It's and free, Ted it's free. Why? You don't have to, it's to free. Pay that's the reason, so, yeah. Oh. Like, that's why um, there's eight all. trillion Robin Hood movies and you know, whatever else, but yeah. <laughs> also, apparently, Excalibur was his favorite movie growing uh, up. No. And, 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 and there, there's a little reference to that in Batman vs. Superman, the movie on the marquee. Uh, Outside of uh, where um, uh, Bruce and Martha Wayne was shot was Excalibur. Oh, uh, so just, yeah, yeah. It's 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 literally him just just referencing and working through what he liked and what his influences are. Which, as artists, you know, that's that's kind of the name of the game at the end of the day. <laughs> I like it. Well, uh, yeah, I, I think that's going to go ahead and do it then for an episode. So thank you so much, Michelle and Tom. Oh, thanks for having us. Uh, what what have y'all got going on in your world? What what have you got to plug? Well, we have a podcast called Apocalypse in Review. It's a comedic podcast uh, that rates and reviews apocalypse-themed movies, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, and so you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at apoc. Pod A P O C P O D, um, and yeah, like yeah. If you can find us on all the podcast platforms, and if you check us out there, you can see all of our links. Uh, they're all in our you know uh, show notes as well. So yeah, and y'all came on uh, to do the wonderful ish um, Southland Tales not too long yeah. ago. So. Yeah, hell yeah! It was such a blast. It has uh, spawned a campaign uh, on my part to uh, <laughs> try and uh, get the director's approval. To let me do like a, a coast to coast overnight AM radio style show, but set <laughs> oh in the God. world of Southland Tales. That's Ooh, I think. Oh, that sounds genius. Yeah. yeah, that's that's our long term project that we're trying to yeah. manifest. <laughs> that's, the, that's what this uh, podcasting grip is all amounting to. We're we're building up cloud, uh, showing that we can you know fix and tweak movies <laughs> from time to time, and then being like, hey, so uh, what, what's going on, Richard Kelly? Well, what's the deal? Let's join your team. One last script. <laughs> Trust the plan. <laughs> no, I think Kelton definitely has some sort of gift with that because it just, he's like, I'm not a show, you know, I'm not a script writer. And it's just like, boom. I was like, what the fuck just happened? How does anybody just fix it? I couldn't even think of it that way. So, yeah, yeah I'm just saying. A decade you got of a drug gift. abuse will help you be able to just... <laughs> Damn it, see, I video. never did it. All they right. always said it was I bad. I guess I did the I... wrong drugs. Yeah, Kelton has opened his third eye. Uh, well, Grift, uh, what about you? What, what's happened in the Grift shop lately? Uh, we're still uh, raising money for uh, Palestine with uh, the, the new pop-up shop collection. Um, when another collection comes into the shop, that's going to still be a permanent fixture there. So that's a sort of permanent um fundraising effort um i just Ooh. and i just heard from uh netscape as well that he should be we we should be ready to drop our merch collab um next week or so so definitely be on the lookout for that too yeah that's awesome yeah, that should be pretty fucking dope uh, everyone go ahead and check that out also if you want uh follow the podcast if you don't already at gigo podcast uh on twitter and letterbox uh and then uh leave a review on itunes or on spotify i iTunes, uh, I'm sorry, I should clarify, Apple Podcasts recently did the the most atrocious update in the world. So uh, if 
anyone listening here, you're listening to us now on Spotify because you couldn't find us on Apple Podcasts. That's fine too. Oh no, uh, it, we'll have a, like a big group like therapy hug it out session <laughs> at some point um, about what's going on with our analytics there. Um, and then yeah, that that's gonna go ahead and do it. Uh, I mean, next week we're gonna be covering Cruella, so uh, let's hope to get you know our fabulous and wonderful dalmatian coats ready and, uh, <laughs> let's get stoked for that uh everyone's we're, we're gonna really get our girl boss on for that one <laughs> <laughs> all right y'all uh let's go ahead and say goodbye bye bye everybody Peace. deuces